What's up, Bandive crew? James here. And before we jump into this episode, I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever wished there was a way to connect with me as well as other listeners in real time? I have the solution. I finally got around to making a Bandive Discord server, which is people have been asking me for years and I just wasn't listening. I wish I had done this sooner because I couldn't be happier with the results. It's been fantastic. And we would love to see you join us. We have discussions about the music business, gear, the podcast, and a general channel as well. You can join the discussion now by visiting bandhive.rocks slash discord. Again, that is bandhive.rocks slash discord. Welcome to episode 37 of the Bandhive podcast. You're listening to the Bandhive podcast, the number one online resource for DIY bands to learn about the music business and touring. If you want to turn your band into a lean, mean touring machine, you're in the right place. Now, let's get this show on the road. It is time for another episode of the Bandhive podcast. My name is James Cross, and I'm here with Aaron Jingris of Suburban Samurai. It is episode 37, Aaron. How does it feel to be back on an odd-numbered episode? It feels like home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, if you haven't checked out the two-part series that Matt and I did in the last two episodes, and that's for any listeners, not you, Aaron, because you already know what we <laughs> talked about. It's a series about how to get signed to a record label. So that's episodes 35 and 36. You can go check those out. They are in your favorite podcasting app or at bandhive.rocks slash 35 or 36. So all that aside, Aaron, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm actually probably not quite at the middle, but almost at the middle of uh, a new process. We are building a streaming rig. So we've acquired some new gear and I am working on uh, outfitting uh, a room at my place to use for um, what I imagine to be most of those streams. So uh, learning about some gear that we just kind of haven't really had the need to like learn about before, which is super cool. Um, and then also learning a lot about a lot of like physical materials. Um, I'll never claim to like own a studio or, or be an audio person, but just in dabbling with the bits and pieces that I've had to, to sort of, you know, basically insulate uh, this room a heck of a lot more than it was. Mad respect for everybody who does associate with uh, you know, there being an audio or a studio person. It's a lot of hard work, but it's super fun. Yeah, I agree. It's super fun. And you know, that's one of the reasons I got into audio. And I can see on the Zoom video chat here that there's acoustic foam everywhere. And it really seems like you're just neck deep in this stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm actually pretty proud of this. I've got uh, where the you know the the drums will be, and and where I think the speaker cabinets will be, um, you know, just plastered with uh, acoustic foam, you know, floor to ceiling, and then in many other places, I've actually I've, I've got a drop ceiling, so I've created, uh, <laughs> I I bought about uh, it's gonna sound silly, but roll with it. I bought about three hundred uh, shower hooks, <laughs> just because they're like the right size and shape. You can hook them and unhook them. And I used those and I used not 300, but like probably 150, very small, like inch and a half, uh, like carabiners to suspend a bunch of rigid foam 
from the ceiling. So A, it's like a secondary drop ceiling and it for probably a third of the space uh, and it covers all of where the sound will be coming from. And also because of the carabiners, I'm able to sort of like not back myself into like, you know, totally, you know, gluing the stuff to a, you know, a wall. Obviously you wouldn't glue it, but you know, um, I don't have to like hard commit to like the placement so I can like build all the panels, put them up sort of where I think they'll be most effective and then have my bass player just like rip the lowest note he can while I, you know, go outside, you know, see how one configuration works, come back inside, you know, maybe change a, a couple of things around, see if it makes a difference or not. And super fun. Man, that's awesome. And that sounds like a really geniusly simple plan. I hope so. I'll have to let you and the listeners know how it pans out like in a few episodes when this the rest of this is done. But so far, it seems, you know, I had to kind of commit a little bit, but, you know, user-friendly. And, and again, like I'm learning a lot of stuff that like I never would have otherwise learned and totally worth it. And um, yeah, it's super interesting. It's cool. Keep us posted on that because once it's all ready, I think when you announce it, that'll be a day to remember. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That, that was the third one. Uh, Neck deep, simple plan, a day to remember. <laughs> I was hoping you'd catch on to one of those. <laughs> My puns are just that bad that no one catches on, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you get a million dollars, but I don't know where it's coming from. Though, but, but, it, but, it, but it is yours. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, this is actually a great segue because we're going to talk about five innovative methods that artists have used to help their career in some way, shape, or form. So I think your shower hook and carabiner strategy fits perfectly into this, and no one's going to get this. No one at all is going to get this, unless you're an AFI fan, because it's a perfect fit for our topic. Basically, we realized that so many artists have come up with creative and unique ways to promote their music or make their lives easier. And sometimes it's something that everyone ends up doing. And sometimes it's something that a few bands do that every band should be doing. And we're not necessarily going to be talking about new methods. Our goal, rather than telling you, hey, try these five things is to say, hey, here are five really cool ideas that may or may not still be relevant, but think about it and figure out something new and better and run with it. Because this is something that we're hoping to inspire you to get creative and think of something new so you can really get out there and do something that no one else has done before. Now, we're not saying don't use these ideas. If you want to use these ideas, by all means, do it, as long as they're still relevant. Because I know this first one, Aaron, is not relevant anymore. <laughs> it really isn't. But about 10 or 15 years ago, everyone was doing it. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? It's the free download for email signup. And you're right. It's kind of a sad thing that's no longer as relevant as it once was. But there was a big period of time where that was a genius thing to do. Obviously, whoever did it first, they were a genius you know, and started a trend that lasted until what, probably like the band camps and the Spotify's and the, you know, YouTube musics and all, all the new ones caught on. You know, not only did it give value to fans in the form of a free song or, you know, free album, whatever the offer was to download, but it also gave artists a direct line to their fans' inboxes to keep listeners up to date with news regarding music and releases. 
tour dates, really anything. They had that person's email address from that point forward. And all it cost them was a digital copy of a song, which arguably the cost of that is zero. So genius move. Yeah, I agree. I think we should stress we're not saying that email lists are no longer relevant. We're saying that giving people a free download is no longer relevant because most people don't download anything. I don't know about you, Aaron. I'm old school. I still download everything to my phone, which I attribute to having poor data connection here in the middle of nowhere. So if I'm driving around, I want it on my phone. But most people just stream things and that's how they do it. So giving them a download is worthless. But an email address is still incredibly useful. So if you can think of some creative way to get email signups, by all means do it. I've seen bands who at the merch table, you know, before COVID, would say, hey, sign up for our email list and we'll give you a free silicon wristband. That's awesome. Yeah. Usually when people give away free wristbands, they give away those cheap thin ones. This is like the big inch wide ones that really, I don't want to say pack a punch, but they're hefty. So doing something like that can really help to grow your email list. And even in 2020, email is still super effective. And in fact, more so because you can target everyone on your list and pretty much everyone will at least see it. Yeah, they might delete it. But if you make a Facebook post, 5 to 10% of your audience is going to see it unless they pay. So if it's an email, at least they're going to see it. And you know what? If they delete it, whatever. They saw it and they remembered, oh yeah, that band exists. That part, I think, is still really relevant. To get on to the second point here that we have out of five, and this is a great one you brought up, is doing a van build. Touring in a van with nothing but bench seats can be a total pain if you have to sleep on a bench seat or on the floor while you're camping out in a parking lot somewhere. But on the other hand, buying a van that's been converted to a camper is really expensive and isn't the most convenient thing when you're not touring because you can't really use it for anything else. But what if you could convert your van from bench seats to bunks in just a few minutes uh, and vice versa, of course. And so that's what a lot of artists like Pickwick Commons and your band Suburban Samurai uh, are doing. So you built your own bunks and you were basically saying that you could change the setup in your van within two to three minutes just by pulling the plywood out and then you could put your gear in there if it's, you know, a there and back show. Whereas if it's an overnight show, put the bunks in, attach the trailer and put all your gear in the trailer. And then after the gig, you have a place to sleep. Yeah. At the very worst, that's you saving hotel money or like having to find somewhere to crash money. Or as you said before, being uncomfortable and you know, trying to sleep upright in a seat or, uh, you know, on the floor. Oh, yeah. Super simple, super easy way to save money. And, you know, if, again, you know, God willing, um, when live events are back in full swing, one benefit that I enjoyed, aside from saving money on a hotel every night, that was huge and arguably enabled us, and I'm sure the guys in Pickle Commons, to do a lot more by saving that money and still maintaining that, you know, kind of quality of life, feeling like you didn't just sit upright in a bench seat or something. The thing that you mentioned, we we totally did that where, you know, we're in Burlington, Vermont. So if we're going to drive to Albany and back, okay, well, we don't need the bunks. Let's take the trailer off, leave that at home. 
and take the bunks out. And we actually had a cargo van, which is why we were able to throw bunks in and out. And so if we were to leave the trailer at home, leave the bunks at home, we could basically fit everything we could fit. We only had a five by eight trailer, but we didn't need more space. And we could fit most everything that we needed in the cargo compartment of the cargo van. So you probably save yourself a bunch of headache and trying to find you know, like a large space if you were a van and a trailer, if you weren't able to advance parking or just weren't playing the kind of show where that would happen. <laughs> or like you're going to save a bunch of money on tolls if you, you know, run into tolls on a day trip. So less headache, save money, convenient, just super easy hack. You got to kind of put some elbow grease into it. But once you've built them and they're there, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's such a cool idea. And, you know, this is really the kind of thing that you can build it from supplies, you know, wood and hardware from your local lumber yard, or I don't want to say hardware stores since not all hardware stores will have lumber, but you know, two by fours and plywood that should basically give you the frame. And then you get some four by eights for the bunks and you're good to go. And one thing we want to stress for safety here is you shouldn't really be in them when you're driving around because it's not going to be the safest thing in case something happens. But it's great to be able to drive and then park and get into a bed once you're parked. And I think that's really what we want to stress here is this is for when you're parked, not for when you're moving down the interstate at 80 miles an hour or however fast you drive. Absolutely. Safety should always be a top priority, especially when you're uh, you know, trying to create something yourself. Chances are it's not built out of standard material or in a way that has been reviewed and approved for safety, blah, blah, blah. So super important to keep all of those things in mind. Yeah. Let's put this another way. If you get pulled over, you will probably get a ticket if somebody's sleeping in the back because they're not wearing a seatbelt. That's just the simplest thing. The officer's going to say you're not wearing a seatbelt, you get a ticket. Now that's different for like giant tour buses because it's a commercial vehicle and there's all kinds of regulations there. But if you do your own build out, I think even in like campers, you're not supposed to be sleeping in the camper when you're driving. You're supposed to be buckled in up front. Anyway, that all aside, we have another tip. This one actually comes from Matt on an episode a while back. And Aaron, I'm going to let you tell this one because you fell in love with this idea when I brought it up. Oh, yeah. So thanks to you, and Matt will probably talk to you before you hear this, but uh, thanks to you too. Uh, with your blessing, I'm going to replicate this. James told me about it before the podcast, and it is such a good idea. So James told me that Matt's band, Alive in Barcelona, uh, they do this at some of their shows. Basically, anybody can write their name on a on a tip, like a you know one dollar bill, a five dollar bill, a twenty dollar bill. If you're like insanely nice, and that probably won't happen, <laughs> um, you know, and you can drop it in a bucket, and that sort of serves as like a ticket stub for a raffle. And so at the end of the set, or like James, you mentioned, you could do it like, you know, before the last song or in the middle, whatever, the band can choose a winner and, you know, give that person like a, a free merch item. It's hard to go wrong with that. Like, you know, we were talking about it before taping today. And even if nobody's at your show and you have, you know, 10 people throwing a dollar each, depending on, you know, where and how many shirts you bought, that could cover the cost of goods for a shirt or most assuredly, something, you know, a CD probably. You know, if you have 20 people or 30 people throw something in, that's most definitely going to cover the cost of one. It could cover the cost of a couple. Um, it's a super easy way for you to make a little bit in tips, generate some excitement, and it 
totally serves as a crowd pleaser. Somebody's or some buddies will, you know, walk away with uh, with a piece of merch when they weren't expecting to be able to buy one. I just think that's the coolest thing. Yeah, I think it's really awesome that Matt does that. And one thing he mentioned too is that, like you're saying, Aaron, if they have enough money, they will actually give merch to multiple people because then that just makes people happier and says, hey, you know, they said they were going to give merch to one person, but they gave it to three people. That's awesome. Like, they must really like their fans. They're like, hey, we got enough money. We're not just going to be greedy and hoard it. We're going to give away more merch. That's awesome. That's good marketing right there. And, you know, another thing that I thought of is this would totally be relevant for live streaming too. At the end of your stream, before the last song, and obviously you'd have to pitch this throughout the set, but pull up all your donations at the end of the set before the last song, look at how much you got and pick someone and tell them what they won. If you made a lot of money, pick somebody else, tell them what they won. And that's going to give people the impression, correctly so, that you actually care about the fans and that you want to give back. So maybe, you know, times are tough. People can't give you $20 to buy a shirt, but they tipped you three bucks or five bucks on Venmo or Cash App or PayPal or whatever. Cool. Take all those entries. You have their information and give them a free piece of merch. Not every single person, but as many people as you can, as long as it makes financial sense for you. I got to say, think long-term on this. Don't just think, oh man, I I really need that 20 bucks. I can't do this. No, think long-term. Because if you give somebody a free shirt and they really appreciate it, they're going to buy more from you in the future. If you don't give them a free shirt, they're not really going to care as much. But you're working on building that connection with them, that relationship. Totally. And speaking about building a connection and growing a relationship, that's something that if you've ever been to Warp Tour, you know all those annoying people in lines trying to hassle you, getting you to listen to their music and (laughs) trying to get you to sign a petition and all that stuff. I really got to say, It's not annoying. Most people aren't annoyed. It's actually really creative. And I think it's really cool that people have the guts to walk out there and say, hey, check out my band. Doing cold outreach to somebody about something as personal as music? Terrifying. Yeah, I can't even fathom having to do that. And this has been happening for years at festivals and big shows by large artists But it's something that I see a lot of smaller artists overlook. And obviously, this isn't something that will work right now because, you know, pandemic. But it's a great way to meet potential fans and make a human first impression. Now, obviously, you can't walk up to someone and be a jerk and be like, yo, listen to my music or you suck. You have to say, hey, like, you love XYZ bands, so do I. That's why we're here. We actually sound kind of like them, you know. Can I take two minutes of your time and play some of my music for you? I, I have CDs right here. Uh, I got a boombox speaker so you can listen, but don't worry, I won't turn it up too loud. I'm not going to like scare everyone in line away. I'm just going to play it loud enough for you and your friends right here to hear it. And, you know, just give me your feedback on it. I'd love to hear what you think. And then you play it for them and, oh, you like it? Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. You know, you can find us on Spotify right here, or if you want, you can buy a CD from me for five bucks, but there's totally no obligation. You know, if you don't have the cash or you just don't want to, that's totally fine. But here's, you know, a business card where you can just scan this QR code and you'll get our Spotify link, our Apple music link, our website link, our Facebook link, everything about us is right there. So please, you know, like check that out. Oh, cool. You want to buy a CD? Awesome. Thanks so much. Here you go. That's how it should be. And I don't see nearly enough bands doing that. 
Like that's something that you can do at small club shows. If you have 20 people in line outside a show, that's enough people that if you talk to all 20 of them, let's say you have a 10% uh, close rate, you'll make two sales. And that's two new fans who didn't know you before. That's worth it. And it's going to take what, half an hour of your time? Just do it. Or at the very worst, if you have 20 people in line, and that's totally a reasonably sized group of people where you're going to be able to connect with every one of them. And that will allow each and every one of those 20 people to make an informed choice about not liking you or hating your guts. Should that be the way they make up their mind, they're going to pay attention to your performance if you do that. I talked to that person outside before the show If that happened to me, I would want to at least check out the first couple of songs minimum to see what's going on. Absolutely. And, you know, the beautiful thing about this is, too, you don't have to be playing the show. You can be, but you don't have to. One of the things I saw on Warp Tour for years, bands who weren't on the tour would go talk to kids in the lines in the morning. They would do that all summer long or they'd do it for two or three weeks. But there were a lot of artists who would do that literally the entire summer. They're not even on the tour. They just drive from show to show by themselves with their bandmates. And I got to be honest, a lot of them were making more than some of the artists on the tour. That just boggles my mind. But it shows how a lot of the artists on the tour weren't really taking advantage of the opportunity they had that they were there. Now, one band who really did an amazing job with this, they were out in the lines every single morning. And this was even when they were playing on the Journeys stage, I think it was that year, which is like the two main stages, was the band The Main. And they did something else that's also super creative, which I love. And if you ever go buy the deluxe version of their album, You're Okay, you will actually see my name in the liner notes. (laughs) But Aaron, I'm going to let you tell the people why, so I'm not just bragging about being in the liner notes the whole time, because that's totally what I would do. Oh, you should, because it's awesome. For their most recent album, You're Okay, the main gave their fans the opportunity to have, you know, just what you said, their name printed in the liner notes of the physical album. All they had to do was find their way to a particular URL, which I think we'll have that in the show notes, fill out a form with a short quiz about the band. So 10 points for fun and interactive right there. And James, you were the one who introduced this to me, but I'm assuming if you got them right, you were in, right? So it's super easy, it's super fun, and like if you're super into the main, like you know, or even if you just kind of like, like passively like them, like that's such an easy, you know, interactive. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it's fun way to kind of have like a your name printed on something that will probably last a really long time, you know. And as we were talking about before the podcast, the band probably sold thousands of copies of the deluxe edition because it was on the deluxe edition physical print copy they probably sold thousands of copies of it because of that alone you know if you had your name printed on something you're probably going to want to go buy it or if you tell 10 people one of those you know 10 close friends and they're into the same kind of music you are like they're probably going to want to go buy it that's just a really cool thing you know who wouldn't want a copy of an album from their favorite band if it has their name in it Yeah, definitely. And I think the quiz kind of ruled out people too who wouldn't necessarily buy it. Because if you know the answers to those questions, that means you're a big fan of the main. So that just means not every single person in the world is going to buy it. But if you filled out the form, you're probably going to buy it because you're a big fan of the band. 
I think it's really cool how they did that. And, you know, that's not going to work for every single band. That's not going to work for the local band who has 10 fans because those 10 people are probably going to buy it anyway. And if not, they're your friends, so you convince them to buy it. But since they're your friends, they're probably in the liner notes already. You know, there's kind of some circular logic there. It's just a really cool creative campaign that when they did that, I think I might have done a video or an article about it when this came out. If I did, that'll be in the show notes as well. Those are at bandhive.rocks slash 37. That's the numbers three, seven. There will be a link to their form. It's still online a year and a half later. Obviously, if you fill it out, it's not going to get you in the liner notes since they've been (laughs) printed already. But you can check out the form and see what they did there. Our point with these five ideas is they're not going to work for everyone. Some of them are even just outdated and they're not really going to work for anyone unless, you know, if you target boomers and (laughs) everyone in your audience is still on email, even though email is so 15 years ago, maybe a free download will work. But if not, if your audience is more tech savvy, figure out how to make emails work for you. Give fans an incentive to sign up for your email list that is effective in 2020. Either way, all of these points that we're talking about have been effective at some point in time, whether it's one artist doing something that's just absolute genius or something that was basically industry standard back in the day. We hope that these ideas are going to help you either directly by giving you something new to try, like the van build out once you're touring again. That is something that I would say is absolutely worth it because your comfort is going to be so much higher if you do that. Or it'll help you indirectly by inspiring you to go be awesome and figure something out that in a couple of years, everyone will be doing because it's so smart and awesome. So that all being said, I think that's all I've got for this episode. What about you, Aaron? No, I just, uh, I hope everybody listening continues to be awesome and keep rocking. All right, another episode of the Bandhive podcast in the books. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that these ideas really give you something to think about and innovate. If you think of something super cool and creative that you want to do for your band or you are doing for your band that you think we could have covered here, head on over to our Facebook group, either by searching for us, we are Bandhive, or by going to bandhive.rocks slash group to automatically be directed to our Facebook group. It's really awesome to see and hear new ways that bands are innovating, so we look forward to seeing what you've got up your sleeves. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have an awesome week. We'll be back next Tuesday, anytime after 6 a.m. And of course, as always, keep rocking. Hey you, yeah you, with the headphones or the speakers, you've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. While I still have you here, if you're not already in the Bandhive Facebook community, it would be great to see you there. We have over 600 like-minded musicians who are asking questions, sharing their experiences and advice, and much more. So if you want to improve your band's business, look no further than the Bandhive Facebook community. You can find it by searching for Bandhive on Facebook, that's B-A-N-D-H-I-V-E, or going to bandhive.rocks slash group. Again, that's bandhive.rocks slash group, and that will automatically redirect you to our Facebook community. I look forward to seeing you there soon.